welcome back to Survivor at Home, the podcast. Uh, once again, I am Jordan, one of the co-hosts here. I'm here alongside Andrew, the creator and host of Survivor at Home, which this podcast is named after. And we're excited today to chat about Survivor 41, episode eight. Uh, but more importantly, I'm going to say this week, we have two special guests, which are the Survivor at Home season one champion, Josh and the Survivor at Home Season 3 champion, Lynette, for a full winner's roundtable. The first time we've been able to have all three Survivor at Home champions uh, join the podcast or even just be in the room, all kind of meeting each other uh, a little bit tonight, specifically Josh and I and Lynette and I meeting each other for the first time. So, Or sorry, Lynette and Josh meeting each other for the first time. Yeah, so we're excited. Josh, welcome in. Lynette, welcome in. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. And we are happy to have you guys. So uh, first thing we love to do is ask each of you a question, which is, can you give us a bit about your history with Survivor, the TV show? So let's have Josh go first, season one champion. Uh, give us a little bit of your history with Survivor. Sure. Yeah. My Survivor story began much like many other Survivor fans, you know, from being indoctrinated from a very young age. Um, I think I was 12 or something when I started forced to watch it with my parents we would do those survivor bonfires we all had our own buffs and I think my first season was season two the Australia one and um, immediately just loved Colby and I was happy when Tina won and uh, yeah I ended up following it when I became an adult on my own I continued stayed interested um, you know I was always a big fan of, of Boss and Rob and Rupert and um, a season that really stood out to me was that one with Malcolm and Denise when their whole tribe was decimated and then Denise ended up winning and I did have some dark days in the middle there where I, I kind of fell away from the survivor fandom I think in those middle middle teens early 20s then I came back and then I stayed till survivor game changers 34 I think and then I haven't watched a season until 41 so I've I've kind of a, yeah, in and out of, of my survivor. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, I'd say. So there's a bit of catching up to do, which is good, but I feel like I have a, a decent history with it. That's awesome. Uh, and a clear like liking for the, the archetype of the guys who are the strong hunter-gatherer um, type deal provider for their camp and also strong in challenges. I wonder if that relates. I can't speak to it. I didn't see you play Survivor at home, but I wonder if that relates a bit to your Survivor at home experience. Uh, let's go with Lynette. How about your history with the show? Uh, okay, so I remember um, season one coming out or season one and then um, Rick Richard winning, Richard winning. And I was probably like in grade seven. So I was like also 12. And I remember like the big deal about him was like he was naked on the beach. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, what is this show about? And then the first season I ended up watching was season two with Tina winning. And I distinctly remember um, that challenge where they all had to stand on a pole. Do you guys remember that? Where there was like the water and they had to stand on the pole. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we didn't think everybody would last so long. And then it ended up going like hours and hours into the dark. So like people were standing there in the dark. And uh, that's what I remember. It wasn't at my house because when Rochelle was on the podcast, she's like, I don't remember it at all because we didn't have TV. And that is true. We, I ended up watching it out of friends. And then after that fell off for a while and came back probably in the mid thirties as well, uh, those seasons. That's awesome. 
the family, the family history. And yeah, a sibling on the, uh, the podcast as well. Rochelle was on here a couple of weeks ago, Lynette's uh, sister. Okay. Getting into a little bit more into your survivor at home experience is an interesting one. I always like to ask people about a strategy lesson they learned, which I hope usually was something they learned because they got voted out or lost the game. That's not the case here. You guys both have played once and won once. I've played twice and only won once. So I got eliminated and stayed eliminated for the whole time. Um, can you break down just a synopsis of your strategy in Survivor, what you hope to accomplish and did you accomplish accomplish it in the game? So let's start with Josh. Yeah, uh, just to set the record straight, I did end up playing in season two um but i i was in a pair with my wife and that didn't go so well <laughs> but um that's one of those lessons learned as well <laughs> so, nothing against my wife it was more uh you know it's hard to play with two people on one identity in the game mm -hmm. uh but yeah in the first game i'd say you know it, it kind of ties into a theme you see in survivor in general is that the longer you can stay away from tribal, the better. And I think a lot of my strategy had been uh, based around the, those initial successes. So our team won the first three uh, immunities. We didn't have to vote anybody off. We stayed strong. I think the final six, five of our initial tribe members were in the final six. We stayed str strong throughout the whole thing. And I had really focused on building a key two or three person alliance that um, they, it ended up that they weren't really connected, but I, that gave me both sides. So I was able to see from my one ally things going on on one side and I was able to see from the other one things going on on the other. And I tried to really focus on, not that my allies were underdogs per se, because we did win challenges, but they seemed to be, I thrived in, kind of finding the person who looked isolated, then we united, we'd be like, hey, I saw you weren't really uh, included in that discussion. So maybe we can work together. And I really find in Survivor, a lot of the underdogs or the odd man out get, get underutilized or looked over or passed over. And I really tried to be the person who befriended those people. And that I think worked out in the end. It worked. I'd say it worked out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> pretty well for you being the first ever champion. Lynette, I know a little bit more about your story in Survivor at Home because I was there for it. Um, you played in the first season that included Redemption Island and due to circumstances that really were out of your control with uh, relying on relying on other things. We won't get into that too much, but you did get voted out and had to come back from Redemption to win it. Can you start us with you get back into the game you're probably just over the moon excited because it was disappointing to to be out of the game originally. So you come back into the game, excited to go. How do you build yourself into the game when you've been away from everyone for so long? I'm just going to actually back up for when I did get voted out because I remember um, the internet went out for those listening at home. If you have technological difficulties, you will get voted out, okay? So I got voted out first on yeah, my Yeah, you were not the first person to go home. Or to no, be voted out because of technical difficulties. No, Andrew, the host, will message you in, in, um, again and again saying, make sure, make sure, make sure. And so, yeah, ended up the internet outage in the whole area, like this little chunk of Mississauga, got voted out. And then um, back then, I had already wanted to 
target like the returning players because I just felt they were so strong. I remember the first challenge, sitting at my computer being like, oh my goodness, looking at the faces of the people who had played before and they're just already like so intent on their screen knowing exactly where to go on the website. And I was like, I, whoa, okay, let's get out these people because they are playing hard and fast and good. Um, and so when I get voted back in, I, it was like an election. I had to go around saying like, hey, this is why I should get back into the game. Vote me back in or yeah, vote me back in. Um, and then at that point, I wasn't sure who I was going to work with, honestly. And I think, Andrew, you hosted then a game where Brooke was able to get back into the game right after I got back into the game. And she also came from Redemption Island. And so right away, I was like, I'm working with her. And so we paired up instantly and that literally that alliance took me right to the end. Like, I think we would have gone to the end if I hadn't won immunity and she, they were going for her, the other three who are still on the tribe with us, the final five there. Um, and Brooke didn't win immunity. I won immunity. I knew we were on the chopping block because we were on the bottom of the five of us there. Um, so yeah, sorry, was that your question? I don't think that was your question, but my goal always was to get out the people who were returning players and so I wanted to work with, yeah, the people who hadn't played before, like Tyler, Mikkel, John, John Wani, and Brooke at the end. So, and it happened. It happened. And then I won immunity there at the end of the game, two in a row, which kept me in the game and brought me to the end. It was clutch. Three. It was clutch. It was clutch, yes. I, I want to ask Jordan, too. You're a former winner. Tell us a bit about, we know some of your survivor history, but tell us in your championship season what did you do well what's something that you learned from playing and succeeding yeah so it was a lot of like read and react on the situation that was going on around me so the first thing is we've talked about this i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast but andrew and i have had a couple of conversations about this my tribe was me and seven women and so immediately i go into it. anything you can draw a line on on voting someone out is is scary right and so when you're the odd one out for whatever reason that's scary for yourself and so i go into a tribe like that and end up making it through a couple of votes so okay we're going to work together i had some really i had one really close ally and then built uh, a couple more throughout and then it was just reacting to the situation um where we made it through we want they wanted to stay strong we had someone we had katie go to another side to uh to kind of betray them and and give us the numbers so that our tribe similar to what josh was saying our tribe stayed strong the whole time uh i don't think i won an immunity challenge i played an immunity idol awfully so all of that was just at the right time the right things broke my way um there was one travel council where i thought that steph actually steph ironside could have rallied the troops to blindside me but it was a, a different style travel council where everyone had to stay in one room and talk publicly together. And that's all they could do. And so I knew, okay, no one can break against the tribe in this situation. They have to stay strong with each other. Otherwise, if you say, I'm willing to work with someone else, we'll just go after you. We'll just pick you off and we'll go after you. So that kind of broke my way. And then I realized late in the game that my closest ally shout her out now vicky cade was my closest ally in the game to that point we had played the same game up to that point or very close to the same game and i was convinced that her connections on the jury were way better than mine so that is where the beginning of karen and i starts because we blindside vicky and then move on and i end up being able to win the game but it was all about read and react to the situation what's going on here and how can i 
better my position in the game or at the very least get through this vote to the next spot. And there were a lot of different kind of decisions that that went into that and, and working with each other and rock the boat at this time. Don't try to rock the boat. Try to make a big move. Failed on a big move. Uh, but that's okay. And yeah, it was a lot of read and react at how I played to try and try and get through. Awesome. Well, I just want to say, I haven't said it yet. A big congratulations to all of you guys. It really is cool to be here talking with all three of you at the same time. This really crazy thing that came up during the pandemic to bring people together. And here you are the three champions of your seasons uh, representing a, really an amazing cast in each of those seasons as well. But big shout out to all three of you, Josh, and then Jordan season two, and then Lynette in season three. And for those listening at home, just like Jeff pointed to the screen tonight, maybe one of you listening will be a future champion of Survivor at home, or maybe one of these guys will come back and kick your butt because uh, they absolutely know what you're doing. I did have one more question before we jump into the actual episode discussion tonight because it was a great episode. But for you guys having played this, you watch your videos when the votes are revealed in that final travel council, these are all up on survivor at home.com season one, two, and three, the reactions from you guys, I've asked my kids, they've, they've seen me watch those videos a thousand times. They hear the song come on and they run in. They're like, are you listening to this again? And I love watching it. I love seeing more than anything, the reactions of, of the other jury members, but especially for you guys winning and, and I'm not just trying to toot my own horn here. Like just the, what I'm getting is just the excitement and the rake, the real passion that you felt winning that two night crazy marathon. I just wanted to it just, we won't spend too long here, but can you guys recap? What was that feeling like to win this, uh, this event of survivor at home? When I got voted out, because I got voted out again, I'm going to refer to that because that's part of my story. What happened? The only reason I won was you had that twist of redemption Island um, I remember thinking that night, if I get voted back in the next day, because you had left it on a cliffhanger, you got us to all vote, everybody voted. And then it's like, Kate, see you tomorrow at seven. We're like, ah! and so I remember thinking that night, if I get voted back in, I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to stay collected. And I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. I've already been voted out. I've been to Redemption Island. So when I went like throughout the game, then I just really tried to collect myself and stay calm. And like house party, once you'd say, okay, house party's ready. And everybody would rush over to house party. I would take my time. I'd go to the washroom. Then I joined house party. And that's how I ended up. The people wanted to turn on me because they're like, okay, Lynette's not here. Let's vote her out. But it's only because I had to ground myself and collect myself and be like, hey, focus, Lynette. You got nothing to lose. You're going to do great. Um, and so winning, like, I mean, I was up against some great competitors, Tyler and John Wani there at the end. Mm -hmm. And so I was pleased. Like, I'm obviously happy I won. I'm happy that I won the game season three, but I think those two also did great. So I was just pleased. I was happy, happy well, and pleased. You're doing I'm the honored. same thing you did in that final tribal council pitch. Oh, no. You're just too humble in that. All, all the fans want to hear is you just saying, I destroyed them. And I'm the champion, but you didn't do that then. And you're not doing it now because it shows your character and good on you. Uh, you. You really represented the season well. And there's a reason you won. People really liked you and liked how you played um, and well, you kept those relationships. So, okay. I mean, yeah, thank you. I think Survivor, I've been thinking about this like a lot as I'm listening to the podcast throughout the weeks here, but like we we like really idolize this Survivor. You survived. There's one Survivor. Meanwhile, the only way anybody survived 
is by relying on everybody else. The only reason I got to where I was and how I got to the end was through my alliances with Brooke. And then when those other people turned on me, I was like, hey, it's over. Then I wanted my immunity challenges. But like, the only reason I'm here is because of the people around me. So I, I truly believe that. And I think relationships will get you to the end. And this episode here on Survivor 41, I think showed that that survivors are like, or sorry, relationships are the key to winning Survivor, I think. But you have a very kind heart, Lynette. There are those listening who would not agree with you whatsoever. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's great. I really appreciate what you're saying. Okay, it's, it's one true. way to win. One yes. way to win. No, no, no. There's not one way to win. I agree with you. I'm just no, saying there is there is uh, a humility you have, and it's cool to see. Um, and I wonder if you did actually win a million dollars from playing here, would you then just give everyone their fair share? Or at that time, would no. you just become? No. No. okay so your true no. colors are coming out that's great <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it was really cool when that when you when you won and, and i think you even said like this is just so crazy i don't know if i'll do it again pause there because i will ask you guys later what your thoughts are in a future season but let's go now to uh jordan what about you uh, what was the feeling like to, to to make it and to see your name read at the finale it was it was really cool so like i went into it the two, three days leading up, I'm just going, just don't get voted out first. Just don't get voted out first. Don't let that happen. You don't have redemption. There's no chance. You're not coming back if you get voted out first. That was my whole, like, that was my entire thought process. And then I was always convinced. I talked to a couple of people leading into it. I was convinced I'm going to get voted out first. It's the way it goes. Like I'm this huge survivor fan. I've um, kind of geeked out on survivor throughout the pandemic, watching, rewatching a whole bunch of seasons. Cause I was too young when they were first coming out. Um, and I just, I'm going to get voted out first. And then to kind of feel like the momentum's building, building after night one. Okay, we're in it. We've got a good alliance after night one. We're going into night two. I have an immunity item in my pocket. Play it bad. Oh no, I'm going to get voted out now. Here we go. I'm in trouble again, but sur surviving through that. And then you finally, the way the votes read out for mine was, I think I won by a couple of votes. So you get to the point where, Andrew, you read out the votes and then I'm tied with Katie and then all of a sudden I'm up on two by her and it's like, okay, I know how the pattern of vote reading goes. I don't think I'm going to win yet in my, in my mind or in my heart, but I know in my mind how the pattern of vote reading goes. So you kind of have this moment of, Oh, my name's going to keep getting, getting said here. This is like, this, this is happening. And it's, and then you realize there's no winner's check at the end, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, it was really cool to, to get that moment of like, I'm a big fan of Survivor and a different version of it, but still something that requires a lot of strategy, a lot of relationships, thinking through the game, don't upset anyone, but you've got to make big moves. And it was, it was just a really cool moment of like, this was, it required teamwork, like Lynette said, to get there. But at the end of the day, it's an individual game to try and win. You got to do what you got to do for yourself to, to take it home. And, and yeah, it was just, a, it was, a, it was a cool moment to like, walk away with a smile, even talk to my family afterwards who are also big Survivor fans. Like, so how'd it go last night? <laughs> Just go, I actually won it. Like, it was pretty cool. Um, was, a, was a lot of fun. Thanks, Jordan. And Josh, last but not least, the very first winner. What was that feeling like to be the OG of Survivor at Home Champions? No, you're, too, uh, you're too kind, Andrew. I feel like that kind of ties into that, that general surprise as well of like just the fact you saying that there is this sense of imposter syndrome of no I don't I don't deserve to win how like there's no way they would actually pick me to win and then 
then yeah, your name gets gets called out and says you're the winner. And I think that really contributes to the surprise. But the main thing I wanted to to say was um, you know just related to the the weight of the game. And when you think about Survivor, like let's be real, we're probably not going to actually make it on the actual Survivor show. So this is the closest thing we're going to get to an actual Survivor real life experience. And and you tell people, I remember leading up to the game, I would tell people, I'm going to play Survivor this weekend online. And they just think it's any other online board game night. You know, those people that were playing throughout the pandemic, oh, let's just play board games together. But it was a whole other level of an experience and just it's two nights you're exhausted it's it literally was the entire survivor game but in a microcosm and then in that you have all these micro interactions with mega consequences and like every vote is half an hour apart you know you're going so fast and you have all this pressure of your whole life and your dreams of being on Survivor, of playing Survivor, of envisioning yourself on those beaches, doing the challenges of what you would do, how would you interact, you know, oh, what would you do differently if you were this person? And it all is really there in front of you in those that moment. And for me, I felt it like, wow, this is surreal. I'm never going to experience this again. And this is meaningful. And all these people believe in me. And I did have to hurt some of them coming here. And I had to depend on a lot of them as well. And it's that that weird humility like Lynette was expressing, but then also that pride of owning your game and believing in yourself and then having that confirmation from others that, yeah, you did win, you're the winner. And it just all kind of explodes in that moment. <laughs> like, it's awesome. I recommend everyone again go to survivoratome.com on each of the seasons one, two, and three under media. In those sections, you can watch the winner reveals, and it's so cool to see that. And I think even Josh, for your first season, we had a behind the scenes film. Uh, Maria, your wife, was filming you as well, uh, uh, reacting. So just really cool to see that. Really cool to see you guys how passionate you were. And Josh, you bring up a great point, which will segue us into talking about the episode tonight of just you play the game and it's and it's amazing but then the conversations and the community that, that comes from it and how uh here we are doing a silly podcast that is really growing and people are contributing and uh texting us and tweeting us and following us online because they love survivor everyone loves survivor the real show and of course we get to to replicate that and here we are talking about it and we're gonna we're jumping to it so yeah just want to want to thank you guys again as we head into the discussion tonight um an honor to have you on and uh let's kick things off so jordan over to you start us off with what we see in the start of this episode okay so as with every episode we are right back at camp the night after i kind of like to see the night after reactions and more than night after even we saw the next day reactions now that i think about it the weird thing to me is the whole like vibe around camp is Evie, Xander, and Tiffany just pulled off this big move. Xander's pretty proud of himself for pulling off this big bluff. And now they all want to turn each other. I talked about last week on the podcast, how right from the moment where I knew Xander knew that everyone um, knew about every advantage going on and knew about Leanna's advantage, that he was just bluffing the whole time. And it became an act from those three. And they worked so well together. And now they're going to go out here and 
they want to work against each other. We see Evie want to work with everyone else. Sander wants to work with everyone else. Tiffany wants to work with everyone else. I was confused as to why they all want to do this when they should have each other's back and try to kind of bring people along with them, grab a Heather, grab a Nasir, convince Nasir that he is on the outside, which he probably is, uh, convince him he's on the outside, bring him in. Instead, they just want to break off and do their own thing. And maybe it's the new version of Survivor, but um, what kind of things did you guys observe at the, the camp scene here right off the bat? Okay, well, I feel like I was also confused about that, Jordan, because I'm like, why are you three people not working together? And exactly, pick up Heather, pick up Erica, pick up Nasir, all the people who are just like on the outs. Obviously, Heather, okay, I don't want to jump too far ahead. She she played that immunity challenge thing. She was on the bottom, like, hello, lady, you're not even playing. But, okay, so this is what I think. I think because Deshaun threw Evie under the bus, then Xander was like, okay, I do not trust Evie. And so... I think Deshaun could have maybe taken more control of what happened at camp after saying, yeah, look at your girl over there, Evie. She's not playing with you, Xander. Here, let's play together. So I think maybe that was the crack in that three. I'm not really sure, but that's kind of what I observed. I also thought it was pretty telling. Evie had a line where she was talking about, now I've like betrayed Xander. I've also betrayed everyone else in the game. She's talking about, it's like high school lunch. I'm on the outs and I got to get back with everyone. I got to play nice and, and build myself back into all these cliques with the, the we'll call it quote, cool kids or popular kids. I've got to work my way back into that. It's just high school all over again. That was an interesting quote from her because she knows she's kind of wronged almost everyone in some sort of way, which is a tough spot to be in, in Survivor. And you can play out of it, but uh, but in the moment, it probably doesn't feel too good for her. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I really liked her line too. that, you know, we were this nice little tribe, happy go lucky, the little turtles, they show this little emotional moment, you know, it kind of represents how early in the game can be, especially for you guys that have played, you know, sometimes, especially if you haven't lost, or you're, you're doing okay, there's some camaraderie, but as soon as things get feisty here, and the little comments are made, people are willing to jump ship. I just find that interesting. Again, it's a personality piece, but some players are very loyal, like Ricard and Shan, they've been bickering. There's been some back and forth where you could see them maybe branching and maybe they will, cause we're seeing more of that, but they've stayed together so far. Whereas Yasa, it, it, it seems like they're done. I think they've all agreed this, this tribe really is not willing to work together anymore. And we'll, we'll see where that goes, of course, but yeah. What do you think, Josh, about kind of uh, what you've seen so far? Yeah. I was just going to say that there was a clear contrast between the Yasa reaction and the Shan and Ricard like technically Shan and Ricard are just two so they are on the bottom as well just as much as Yasa but Shan had built that relationship with Liana she brought in Ricard they grafted themselves into that Luvu tribe basically and she's even a big power player in that even butting heads with Deshaun now and so you see a clear yeah just giant contrast between her and Ricard's approach and then Xander and Evie and Tiff just all scatterbrained and that's been something I find I'm disappointed with in Xander and that I found at the very beginning of the show I was very impressed with his analysis of that protect your vote risk your vote thing but then as it's gone he's just been revealed like you know the way he's been revealing information he's been just throwing out favors into the wind hoping that they'll 
they'll land somewhere, but he's not actually reinforcing or building trust with anyone or making the most of his power. He could be saying, I have this extra vote, like use me as you want to use me or use this extra vote or, you know, he's just not even using his position or his influence at all. And I find the three of them, they just are sabotaging themselves. Mm. Interesting take, because there's a lot of Xander fans out there who are, who are who are loving his gameplay, but I think that's a good point about the relationships. Yes, Lynette's pointing to herself. You're a big Xander fan as well. Uh, why, why Lynette? Why do you like Xander? Well, yeah, I mean, I think he was playing hard. I think he, he risked his vote for that idol, then ended up not having a vote for so, like he made it through so many tribal councils, still was always on the right side of the vote finally got his idol activated he has that extra vote i think to play it now would be way too soon and he feels super comfortable still or sorry not super comfortable he's comfortable enough that he was willing to risk his vote tonight sorry we maybe are jumping ahead but i was thinking as you were talking about why maybe like they crumbled tonight was maybe Xander was kind of like seeing Evie for what she is and being like, Hey, I cannot work with her. I'm actually going to cut ties tonight, move on to somebody else. And so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still a big fan. I, I like Xander. I think he's here to play. I think he's, as we will get to this later on, but just the way he's considering every little scenario, that level of, of thinking is almost unprecedented on the show, the way he's, like, I'm happy to be here when we lost, when they lost, because when people lose, they're emotional and they're on edge. And I want to be in with that. Like, that was like a profound moment to be like, this dude really understands what is going on all the time, except for maybe he missed a key clue, which we'll get to in a second. But um, and then uh, oh, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. yeah, which I was just about to transition to. But one thing that I have liked about Xander is that just as you were saying, Andrew, he thinks through the many scenarios. He's using his time to figure out what could happen and what is my best decision. Last week, we saw it with where he was going to put the immunity idol, right? He knew that Leanna was probably going to try and ask for it. Does he keep it? Does he give it to Evie? He ends up giving it to Tiffany. I personally, going into that tribal, thought that was what the best decision would be, and then he did it. Um and so he just, he's thinking through a bunch of snares, which is what you need to be prepared for in Survivor, because especially early in Emerge, as they said in Tribal, and we'll get to that later too, but anything can happen when there's this many people only focused on themselves, but they have to work together. And he's just, yeah, he's thinking through almost every scenario he possibly can and trying to work everything he can in his favor. Um, so I've enjoyed it. The issue is he's got to actually get that like number one, number two people to to try and build mm -hmm. through the game with. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. Absolutely. I think that's where Josh's point is a good one yeah. there. I do agree with that piece of the relationships that are required. You can't be the smartest guy thinking through everything and not have anyone to do the dirty work for you or to join you in that. You're not going to go far. Mm -hmm. So we move forward into the reward challenge. We don't always see a re reward challenge, but this episode we do. Jeff hides the clue tells us all about the clue at the sit out bench and then which is which is fine breaking the what is it breaking the fourth wall mm -hmm. um talking to the talking to the audience the reward is grilled cheese back at camp and i was kind of thinking about this as we go oh, what Jordan, are the stakes? can i stop you for yep. one second I, I before we get into this reward challenge i thought we would just do a little reward challenge of our own with three winners on the panel um put together a fun little game and those at home listening can actually participate as well. And uh, what we're going to do, we're going to play a bit of Wavelength. 
You guys know this game from Survivor at Home. If you're listening at home, this is super easy. So grab a pen. The way it works normally in Survivor at Home is everyone is with a partner. And we ask a category like your favorite flavor of ice cream or your favorite movie. And then everyone has a minute to write down their top five answers. And the object of the game is to be on the same wavelength as your partner. Pretty straightforward. So if you and your partner both say, my favorite movie is Lord of the Rings, you get a point. If you have it in the same slot, one through five, you get a second point. So for a maximum of 10 points. That's the easy version. You guys are champions. Um, we're going to make it a little bit harder for you with something on the line. You are going to work together, all three of you, to try and be on the same wavelength. All three of you, Josh, Lynette, and Jordan. And I'm going to read out the category. You're going to have one minute. We're going to do six answers, not five, six answers. And you have to, you only get a point if all three of you have it. Okay, so if two of you do and one doesn't, you don't get any points. So same thing, you'll get one point if all three of you have it. You will get two points if all three of you have it in the same slot. Okay. And for those listening at home, you're going to, you can either play this with someone. If you're with someone listening right now, this is really fun to play with them. Try to be on the same wavelength with them. If you're listening just by yourself, uh, you can try and guess what would these three winners be putting their order. So again, six things in order. Um, and I'm about to reveal the category. Any questions guys before this begins? You sly oh. dog. <laughs> oh, and the prize. Okay, here it is. A little, well, it's a little uh, wager. So you guys have to get, um, I'll be generous. You only have to get five points. Okay. So it's not too hard. I'll be nice. If you win, I will buy you all a coffee um, or send you the money to, to get yourself a coffee. Although in, in person, coffee is always better. But anyway, I'll get you a coffee somehow. If, if you don't get five points collectively, you guys will have to chip in and buy me like an extra large specialty coffee with all the fixings on it and a steak. No, just the coffee. <laughs> I tried to sneak that one in there. Okay. Our, our facial so, reaction yeah. pretty quickly. Like, wait a second. What do we get ourselves into? You guys agree to this? Yeah. You want to negotiate at all? No. Okay. Here we go. So I'm going to give you the category. I'm going to give you one minute. No table talk. Of course, you're trying to be on the same wavelength as your partner's. Let's see if the champions can do this right. In the real Survivor show, name some places you might find an idol or a clue. One minute on the clock. You got 20 seconds left. Okay, that's it. Time is up. Put your pens down. If you're listening at home, put your pen down. Just a minute timer. And here we go. So I'm going to get Jordan. Why don't you read out 
you know how it works. Go down the list and okay. see if you guys have them in the right sure. order or have them at all. So I'll read it out and then we'll see if I'll read one out, see if Lynette and or Josh has it, and then we'll count points from there. So the first thing I put was in a tree stump. I have tree. I have in a tree. <laughs> in a tree. But I also have I have also have in a tree trunk later. Oh my goodness. Because so, there's some are in the trees, some are in the holes of the tree. You guys are winners. I want a specific answer of what was yours again, Jordan? Tree trunk? Mine was tree mine stump. was tree stump, but like in like in you, you reach into a tree and it's it's there, whether no. it's a broken branch. No, no, no. Out. You said stump. Lynette, okay, do you have stump? stump? Right. Do you have stump at all on yours? No, a tree is a tree stump, so I put tree. Okay, we'll put that in the maybe category. Next one. Okay, the next one I have is at the water well. I have at the well. I have at that for five. Okay. I have okay, water so we get a, so you get a point for well? We get a point for that one. Good. I put at a challenge. That's my number four. But I say at a challenge bench. Maybe that's too specific. No, I'll give you that. Josh, do you have a challenge at all? I just wrote under a bench. <laughs> any bench like at any time any point in the whole time where are their benches unless wendell's on the season exactly the benches are at the challenges no yes. you could easily yes. make a bench i'm Gosh. sure there have been benches at camp i will not give you one for that no Ooh. okay uh fourth i put away from camp i specifically put exile island number six is on i have on exile okay uh-oh. I did not have exile. I oh, boy. Okay. Josh? The weakest link here. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot to mention whoever does the worst is going to be kicked off at this point of the podcast. And with, no, with no chance of redemption. So uh, that's okay. Next. Um, fifth, I put under the shelter. Oh, I have that for number two, shelter. Josh, any any similarity there, shelter or camp type i just had at the beach no not going to give you that one the okay, last one and the, the last it. one i put was inside like a bush brushes type deal like it's bur just buried a little bit okay no all i could think of was rocks i just have rocks mm. <laughs> <laughs> there Josh. my last one had been uh, just hiding in plain sight or like built into the, the set you know, right. Often have them. Yeah. 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 I've seen that before. Yeah. Guys, I hate to tell you that you have <laughs> lost and you all owe me a extra large coffee and or a steak. Thank you for playing those at home. If you, uh, I'd love to hear, you can email us, let us know how you did in this challenge, but hopefully you did better than these guys. And this is a great game, by the way, you can play with your family and friends. You just look disappointed. Is someone, someone objecting to this, to the results? Even if you got the tree stump, you, you still that would not have done it for you. That's what I was trying to calculate was if we got tree stump, did we get to five? And I don't think we did. We no. Four then we got tree. Yeah. You've all disappointed your fans. I'm just going to do the rest of this podcast on my own now. You guys can have a good night. Uh, no, good job. Thank you for playing, guys. It's a great game to play at home with anyone. You don't need to own the, the Wavelength game. Just create any categories, do a top five. That's been a crowd pleaser that I've played with friends since high school actually. And it's always been a lot of fun. So 
Thank you for playing. Let's move on to the real reward challenge of this episode tonight. Um, I love these ones. I love like where you see, uh, you know, jumping in to the water and seeing everything uh, happen like this. But as you mentioned, first of all, Xander uh, sits out and is kind to Erica, who drew the rock of shame once again. Well, okay, I'm curious about that. So he's like, oh, I'm going to replace you, Erica. And Jeff was like, sure. And Erica was just like, okay. But like, if I was Erica, I had just been on XL, got a wicked advantage. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to keep this stone. And I'm going to go sit on that bench. And I'm going to look around this bench for another advantage. I would have told it. I would have told Xander, sorry, dude, I'm going to take this again. Luck of the draw. So I was a little bit confused about that, but maybe not. Maybe that's just how Erica's playing. Just not really. Um, she's just going with the flow. Well, I appreciate you you saying that. It was actually a question I did have was, would you guys have been paying attention? Because again, it's easy to, to sit at home and to watch and to be thinking that even with Erica, because you're right, there was like that moment where she could have objected and Jeff was like, no, but she she didn't speak up regardless. So she wasn't thinking that. Um, yeah, would you guys have been paying attention? Would you have looked like Lynette under the bench? I think it it raises a question of, well, maybe as we saw later on, maybe Evie or somebody else who's more uh, studied the game would have had that plan. But it seemed like in the moment Xander was doing it to gain favor with Erica rather than to try and get some advantage that could be hidden by the bench. If he had been aware of that, I think it'd be, he would have looked, although it did seem like he looked a little bit, but obviously not enough. Yeah, he was definitely so looking. Yeah, he was so he was looking for it. I thought there was a moment where he definitely looked at it and even had a bit of a smirk on his face. And then Jeff double checks and the advantage is still there. I wondered if he had looked at it, opened it, read it, and then decided not to take it and put it back or something like that. Uh, that is, stuff like that has been a theme though in this season. They've done a lot of these withhold Flashbacks. information. Yeah withhold it and then boom this actually did happen you did but we just didn't tell you about it yet and so I, they may be alluding to that where he'll have read it and then that'll come into play later perhaps yeah perhaps um i get the impression based on the way they led us that he he didn't actually see it but i just i wonder if that could be the case but you get part of rewards i was thinking of this as the show was going part of reward challenges is that what are the stakes of a reward challenge so the stakes of most reward challenges when they're individual is that if you win, you then have to pick people and then it becomes social politics, right? And then all of a sudden you don't pick someone and they get upset or you try to pick someone for strategy and everyone sees right through that. And you can think of countless examples where that's happened. So the stakes of winning an individual reward challenge is, is just that, the social politics of it. When you go into teams, oftentimes they do a schoolyard pick. Who are you going to pick? to be on your team. They did neither of those. It was just luck of the draw rocks. But then the stakes became, in my opinion, they became, oh, you get your reward back at camp right beside everybody. And that that will create some drama later on because um, the the challenge itself, the really, the only thing that stood out for me from the challenge was the cool moment where Evie just went, oh, I know this challenge. I watched it. I never want to lose this challenge. So I practiced it at home did it. Here we go. We're done in like five seconds. It looked, I think they showed it in real time that they were done that challenge in, in seconds. And she knew exactly what she was doing, which is a, which is a cool moment. Well done. It's also points out um, how much Evie is studying the game. Want to know but something weird? Then they get, 
What? So just this week, I was watching a random video that popped up on my social media algorithms. It was some kid in a mall doing that exact challenge. And I thought this would be a fun event, a fun challenge maybe to incorporate in Survivor at home. And then they did it tonight. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it now. But isn't that random? That literally just a couple of days ago, I saw that. So maybe they have a con- that kid has a connection with Jeff. I don't know. But survivors in your algorithms now, they were they were on it. They knew which video to show you. Yes, that's, absolutely. Um, and I did want to just cool. say a little a little uh, a hint for anyone that might consider playing Survivor at home next season or any season. You do have to pay attention to everything, just like this bench tonight, like Jeff alluded to. Just throwing that out there from the moment the game begins. The moment the game begins, you should be paying attention to everything because you never know when that might be helpful that's all i gotta say this podcast could this could be an easter egg in and of itself that's right go back and listen to a two and a half hour discussion with lynette josh and jordan where we talk about survivor (laughs) and halfway through you'll hear if you play it backwards like paul mccartney anyway this is a rabbit trail but go ahead (laughs) the vague hints are a classic andrew ironside jeff probst uh, drop and I have no idea what that means other than I should remember everything ever spoken and ever done in Survivor at home every single season if I ever want to have a chance at winning again um, which I'll probably still get voted out but anyways we'll we'll move on from that Evie Wait, yeah we, Evie does oh go ahead are we moving on from the reward challenge I didn't I was, if, if you have something to if you have something to add on to the reward challenge is this is this Heather right here uh uh Guys, can we can we yeah, just, just stop wait, for a second? Yeah, yeah. Go, 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 yeah. yeah. I want to go whisper. Um, no, I just I was curious. I mean, we already talked about the bench, but I am curious if I played, how hard would it be to hide looking down, like looking around at your spot to see if you could find those um um clues? And then also, sorry, I did want to talk about too, if the team won a, a reward, brought it back to camp or was at camp already, would anybody ever, because it went through my mind, would you ever share with the other people? Or what if you picked somebody, you had your half, your grilled cheese sandwich, be like, hey, I'm going to give you half because I know how important calories are in this specific season of Survivor. I'm going to give you half my sandwich. Would any of any of you do that? So I It's believe- happened before. Oh, I was just going to say, I believe that the rules would strictly say you can't do that and production would stop you from doing that. It, yes, and that is that is the rule. Yeah. Yeah, they would they would get in the way of you doing that. Um the other thing with the with the bench is but didn't I don't, people people brought food back from the challenges before and shared it with their tribe members. Maybe in older seasons, but I know explicitly they've said that for quite a while now that you you cannot mm. share the food yeah You're, i'm sure it has happened uh, over the years but maybe um, that's why maybe they... i also think it's like one of those you know in the in season 40 um they get they can buy you could buy things like tyson bought a full jar of peanut butter mm-hmm. and he can share that with others because now it's his possession but when a team wins a reward i think there's a difference there um, in terms of it's not your possession, it's it's just your team's reward, so you can't. Uh, but I'm pretty convinced, yeah, that if you get a reward back at camp, it's meant to to bring on jealousy, um, and so they can't uh, so they can't share it. I, I believe that would be Absolutely. a rule, which is part of the dynamic of it, right? Which we then see moving on from the reward challenge. We then see Ricard gets this full grilled cheese sandwiches much which must just be so good after however many days 14 15 days they've been out there grilled cheese is good anytime 
Like, that's I could true. eat that's I could true. eat grilled cheese for sure right now. Someone brought one. I might I might go make some after we finish recording this podcast. But don't we'll you see how, we'll see how things go. You <laughs> guys are are loving on grilled cheese, but I'm thinking for how intense this is, these these rewards have been pretty tame. Like fruit, okay. Grilled cheese sandwich. Come on. Like where's the the steak, Andrew? Like there's no That's true. These qual- steak, I, mean, I wouldn't steak. risk my energy like and this, I was going to lead to this a bit later, where it seems like Xander, it seems like he's saving his energy, um, not wanting to, what he's going to give for a team that might not even win isn't worth a grilled cheese sandwich to Xander. Mm. Controversial. Let's, uh, we'll put this up on Spotify. If you're listening to us on Spotify, there's actually, if you just scroll down on the episode description, you'll see um, a little Q&A, and we'll put a question in there. Would you... Would you be happy with a grilled cheese or would you hold out for something else like a steak, like Josh? Well, I, I think if like- I, oh, go ahead, Lynette. Okay. I was just to say Nasir, I'm getting his name right. Am I getting mm-hmm. his name right? I think he had the, the quote of this. He's like, oh, like, why am I going to ruin my day over a grilled cheese sandwich? I could just be at home and my daughter could make me a grilled cheese sandwich. I thought that was so funny because I was like, yeah. And it does speak to what you're saying, Josh. But I think it's because they are starving. So like that, that a bowl of rice is just like, you know, what they want and what they need, just any calories that they could put into their bodies. And so uh, maybe that's why the rewards aren't as great as like other seasons, or maybe they're losing money. Maybe survivors out of money and they can't afford any more. Hold on a second. I want to stand up for team grilled cheese here and say that that would be again, right now, if anyone listening in my household hears me, I would eat a grilled cheese right now, live during this podcast and really enjoy it like it would be more than okay i wouldn't think we're impoverished if if i was served a grilled cheese on the show i would be very happy to get that as a reward maybe some tomato soup on the side would be nice too but um let's not would, let's not be quick counter, to bash go ahead I would counter this is why people have tuned in to listen let's keep this conversation See, going. yeah i'm just go gonna ahead. hop in here I'm just going to hop in here quickly. I know for a fact there are at least one, probably more listeners out there who listen to this podcast while making food. So if you are listening while making grilled cheese, please give at Ironside Andrew on Twitter a shout out. Let him know that you are making grilled cheese while listening to us debate about grilled cheese on this and podcast. And you can replace Jordan and Josh and Lynette on this oh. podcast in the future. Oh. <laughs> so just let me make my counterpoint here, Andrew. That- okay. It seems like an, an under an undercurrent has been this food scarcity, right? There's no rice. Everything is limited. And so they've deliberately picked grilled cheese because of its low status. It's not to low say, status. This Sorry, is your ahead. reward, but it's only a grilled cheese. I feel cheese like I'm sandwich. Shan right now and you're Deshaun. I'm just shutting down all your ideas. Go ahead. I'll give you a chance to speak. Right. So the fact it's there, what I'm saying in compared to other seasons, rewards were cornucopias of food, but this show has all been about, there's not enough and what you get isn't that great. And so they've given a not great reward in the grilled cheese sandwich. And so the fact that it's there means it could be better. I hear you. I'm listening to you and I strongly disagree (laughs) with your idiotic point. Okay. No, you're right. There, there's some truth to that. It is a, it is a lower tier on the scale of things. Even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich would, could, you could argue, it's got the the protein in that uh, for people. But 
And there's there's been some bad food rewards as well in Survivor history. I remember one season, I can't remember when it was, but they basically just dropped five pizzas like on top of each. It was just a pile of pizza that they handed out. And you looked at it and you went, I know I'm at home and I can make the food that I want and have and I not out there not eating, but that is not appetizing at all. And pizza is almost always appetizing. Hold um, on a second. Are you saying that pizza is not good either? No, first they just guys, dropped five pizzas. Like you not in boxes, after... not presented, just flopped on each other. Oh, I see. Pizzas. So it has to be a yeah, fine yeah, dining a... experience for it to be an enjoyable reward. Otherwise, Perfect. that's where we're gonna <laughs> that's where we're gonna settle this. You guys are um, terrible people. I know you're winners and all, but maybe that's why you're just used to the luxurious life now of being champions. That grilled cheese and pizza on the beach doesn't appeal to you, but for for us commoners. Those are great dishes that we will enjoy always at all times. So thank you for showing your true colors. That got more heated than I, than I thought it would have been grilled cheese. Um, what we were about to get into was Ricard has this whole reward. He gets to eat whether or not we like it is irrelevant. He has this whole reward while he gets to eat and then comes back and they've made papaya and he or gotten papaya and he takes a small bite of it and part of this this episode is realizing that the emotions are a huge factor out there um and emotion plays into where people are going to vote what they're going to do and ricard just kind of stirs up the wrong emotions i think it'll be a moot point or, or not that big moving forward but just stirs up some tough emotion on getting all this food and then taking the smallest bite. And we see another great confessional from Shan where she's like, I don't care if it's a centimeter, an inch of the papaya. No one really cares how much it is. Don't eat it. You just had food. I didn't. I need my food. I need my nutrition, even if I get the smallest piece. Um, and it's just a little bit of like the emotions play in this game. It's not all stoic. It's not all strategy. You, you've got to manage your emotions because you're going to make an emotional, emotional decision at some point. Uh, or someone's going to make one on you. And that's um, that was a, an interesting moment and a true moment that we saw uh, between Ricard and Shan and a couple of others. Did you also notice in the fallout from that moment, everyone that Shan talked to about her frustration was people who didn't eat. And everyone Ricard talked to about his frustration was people who did share the reward with him. And just like, I want to see Ricard try and get sympathy from like Xander who didn't eat. Or see Shan get sympathy from Danny, who just had a, I think Danny was on that tribe, try to get sympathy, sympathy from him and like go the opposite way. But they just went with people that were in the same boat as them. It's just kind of a telling situation. You guys think he was in the wrong to, to do that? What would have been your reaction? I kind of on both sides, if, if you're Ricard or if you're Shan. I liked um, Ricard's reasoning. You know, he said, I won an award, uh, the reward but the food at camp is everyone's food. So I'm like sure his timing probably could have been better, but it, again, it was a very tiny piece. Maybe it could be the show making, like maybe that didn't actually have as big of an impact in on the people on the island. Maybe that's an editing thing to kind of create that rift between Ricard and Shan for future things. Um, I think it also shows like um, Jordan was saying about the the emotion that the well-fed people are thinking clearly, the hungry people, they are more likely to give into that hanger and just let their emotions run free. And then 
you can count on logic from people who are well-fed and then you can strategize with that. But all of a sudden you throw in all these emotions and that creates tons of wild cards. But it, from a rational point of view, I, I would agree with Ricard's assessment of the situation that it's not that big of a deal. He's entitled to the papaya, but probably in hindsight, he should have waited till a bit later to try it. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the fence. I think as Ricard was explaining his reasoning, I'm like, okay, like Josh, similar to Josh, like I see what you're saying, but then also I'm on, I am on Shan's side, and I don't think it's just emotion when she says, "I'm starving. You just had a full meal. We need to eat. You don't need to touch our food. You ate enough food." So I see that perspective as well, and so I'm on the fence. Like, yeah, if I was Ricard, I probably wouldn't have done that. To me, it's like a sense of entitlement, just like, oh, I get this papaya. I'm just going to eat it. Oh, come on. It was just a tiny little piece of papaya. It's like, but that's not the point. The point is you took my food when you are have a full belly in you. You've already won immunity. You've won the feet, the merge feast. And he was trying to spin it. He does a lot of this. He spins kind of what Shan's saying, like, oh, she's going to be so resentful because I got the merge feast. I'm getting all these rewards. Yeah, so I'm on the fence, I guess. Big part of the game is not necessarily just the decisions you make. It's the reaction to the decisions you make and the optics of it, right? So Ricard takes a little piece of papaya. It is irrelevant in the great scheme of things. But in that moment, it's not to Shan irrelevant to her. It's just a a little thing that she's going to jump on and say, no, I don't like that you did this. Did she overreact? Probably. Is she super, super hungry? Definitely. Is it fine for Ricard to take a little piece of that? Almost definitely. But the optics of it come off bad, which is the tough part. Mm -hmm. Um, You can make a decision, but if people don't react to it the way you hope or you need them to react to it, that's, that, that's all that matters in, in the game now moving forward. Um, I think it's going to be irrelevant in the great big scheme of things with that one. We've already, we've seen Shan and Ricard fight over bigger things than this. That's true. They've squabbled uh, a bunch. come through the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think like what we're seeing throughout the show between those two is a huge power, like a uh, power struggle. Right. So like the fact that he took that piece of mango, you're right. In the great context of things, it's not that big of a deal, but he was trying to, it, it was like he was showing his power to her, I think. So it's just all about, yeah, it looks tiny. It, it maybe is tiny, but if he does it again and again and again to her, it's not going to paint him in a good light at the end of the show to the audience or to Shan. If she ends up on the jury, I don't know if she will vote for him in the end. Mm-hmm. Just while I'm thinking of it too, a little aside, if you guys don't follow Ricard on Twitter, you should. He always posts comments that his mom, like real texts that his mom sends him, and she's like super confused. It's hilarious. Go and check it out, Ricard on Twitter. Anyway, let's move on to the actual immunity challenge. The uh, the negotiating. Part. So it's it's a classic challenge where you've got to hold that block on your head. It could, depending on the people that are in the challenge, it could last minutes. Or if you've got someone like, who was it, Ty from a couple of seasons ago, he could be up there three hours for some reason. I don't know how I would get, we talked about this watching it with my with my family. We would all, we all agreed, we our calves would cramp. We'd be out of there in, in seconds um, in that challenge. But then before it, knowing how difficult it, it is, and everyone who's on this on this season has definitely seen this challenge before and has a good understanding of whether or not they might be be good at this challenge. Jeff offers up, you can go individually and take your individual portion of rice, which no one's going to do 
if they also have a, a chance to do it as a, as a group and as a team, um, no one's going to step out and take that individually. So they have to negotiate how many people sit out for the tribe to get a good portion of rice, which Shan goes, oh, we'll just go with two. No, that's not the way it works. I'll offer you seven, says Jeff. And then Shan goes five. Immediately, I went, why didn't you say four? I get you couldn't say three because Jeff said seven. But why didn't you say four? Why, why did you go for five right away? You went too high, gave in. Um, I can see here, Andrew, as we look through our show notes, you wrote, you have to go lower. Um, totally in agreement there. And then Xander hops in and goes, let's go four. Let's go four and negotiates Jeff down, which was a great moment. Um, Shan steps forward first. Nasir stepped forward second. Mm -hmm. Xander said he would step forward fourth if someone else stepped out, but then Xander steps out. And then one that I did not think was going to step out because he's quite uh, ruthless, I'll call him, or, or very strategic, but a little bit ruthless as well. I did not expect Ricard to sit out. I thought someone like Heather might. I thought uh, I, you knew Evie wasn't going to sit out. I didn't think Danny would sit out. Deshaun was a maybe for me. There were a couple of maybes in there, but Ricard ends up sitting out, which I thought was a bit of a surprise. Do you guys think you'd ever even for the betterment of the tribe sit out of an individual immunity challenge. Are we talking about like everyone gets grilled cheese or what? Everyone getting, everyone getting some rice. Okay. So you've survived this long without food. Like I know, I mean, Lynette, you had a situation where you won the last two immunity, immunity challenges of your season. If you did not win those, you were done. We all knew that. That was a big reason. The clutch wins on those was a big reason why you got voted in the end because you needed to win those. You did survived, and, and here you are a, a champion. Um, I, I don't know if Josh, if you won any uh, immunity challenges, but um, well, here, I just wouldn't want to take myself out of it. Yeah, here I think the timing is everything, and Jeff alluded to that, and that there's still there's still enough people that they have to depend on one another that even though it is individual immunity there's still enough people whereas yeah I, there's no way anybody would sit out when there's five people left and your game is on the line but when there's what how many were there tonight 11 or 12 it's a lot easier and three of the four you mentioned it was shan nasir and then xander they all have idols already so to them they have a bit of insurance it, it really was just convincing that fourth person to join them, but it wasn't that big of a stretch for those three to put their necks out on the line because they had that idle insurance. Yeah, I just thought with Xander, the biggest thing for him is, oh, yeah, he's got the hidden immunity idol, but as soon as he plays that, he's toast, right? Whereas Shan is not really on the chop. She's got enough people on her side that, yeah, she's gotten a hidden immunity idol, but also she's not really a target right now. Nasir goes in and out of being a target, but Xander pretty well is a target and that, that immunity idol is not a hindrance to him, but it's it puts an even bigger target on him. So I just still, with that, it. but either way, he's made, you know what, he's made some good decisions and not he's not been a target in the first right. two tribals now. But this to me ties into his sacrifice and the reward challenge as well. He seems to be trying to curry favor. You know, there he was with Erica. Here he's trying to get on Shan's good side, maybe, and he, saving his energy. Maybe he's saying, I can get this rice for the tribe. They'll feel a, a bit more indebted to me. I ha like, it's not the end of the world if I don't win it, but I'm not going to lose anything. I've only 
because at the end of the day only one person can win like and you we saw that it everybody almost everybody was out in a matter of seconds and so it's almost like they could have just given up their spot for rice because at least this way he got something for the tribe whereas yeah and i think it's a smart play from xander he's really thinking it through that's true and he didn't compete in either challenge in this episode he sat out on both right as you mentioned he he bit the bullet for Erica and then missed out on an advantage. And then, um, yeah, sits out on this one, gives everyone that peace of mind. And then all of a sudden the tide starts to turn and Heather's not only in an immunity challenge, she's the final two in an immunity challenge. And the episode just kind of turns and we start to see her a little bit more. I thought for a second, is she going to, is she actually going to win this challenge? And what is that going to do for the rest of the, uh, um, for the rest of this season and setting her up for like next up ep- the rest of this episode, next episode, like, are we, st- are we going to start to turn the corner here? And then, Oh wait, Evie is like actually a strong physical player. Um, you don't necessarily see that from her. She's not, I mean, Xander was when she was working with him in one challenge, he was like carrying a whole, whole boulder, but she wins her first in the first individual immunity challenge, or at least the first main one with everyone in the merged tribe. And, uh, and she's, she's got a like sneaky physicality to her where those balancing challenges, those puzzles, she's good at them. And that's what the immunity challenge will favor, uh, for probably the rest of the season will favor someone like Evie. Um, so she moves forward. She was also, they set us right before, set us up before that challenge that, oh, Evie's going home. Cause of course Evie's going home. No, Evie wins the immunity challenge. Um, so now we don't know what's going on. Plans have been foiled and everyone's got to go in a different direction. And now all hell breaks loose, basically. Like it's just all over the map. Everyone wants to vote out Xander or Tiffany. Danny then throws out Tiffany and Nasir. So Danny's starting to play it. I like that from Danny. I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've called him Mr. Nice Guy the whole time. And then all of a sudden he goes, we're going to vote out Xander and Tiffany. We're all going to stay strong. Turns around, let's get Nasir. Let, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Nice Guy has been thrown to the back a little bit. Danny's actually playing, which I enjoyed to see. What did you guys start to kind of read off of this mayhem that was happening? Can I just go back to the challenge here quick, Jordan, before we go after the challenge? Because can we just like, I know you highlighted Heather last episode, like you, you three, or sorry, you two and John Wani highlighted Heather and how she's just like not playing. I was just so surprised. She was like, I have to, I'm on the bottom. And, and to me, it's just like, okay, what is going on at camp? Sorry, I hit that. What is going on in camp that she thinks she is at the bottom and not being involved in these conversations? And so then at camp, once the mayhem broke loose, what I really liked, so you, I feel like you are all a big fan of Shan. I do think she's playing well, but I'm not her biggest fan. And so I really liked the light that she was cast in this week, how she was quote unquote, bossing people around and how Deshaun just called her out on that saying, hey, stop bossing me around. Like, I also want an opinion and I have an opinion. And I liked when he told her, how do you know? He, I think she was like, let's get out this person. And he's like, no, 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 I don't think that's a good way. And she's like, yes, he's a big threat. And he's like, how do you know? You've barely even played with her, him. I think maybe she was trying to get out. Xander. Oh, Xander at that time. Okay. And so, I mean, I really liked what happened and how Shan was shown on this episode. Mm. That's interesting to say that because very controversially in a kind of an online chat group, London Steve threw out this same thought on the weekend and a lot of people like 
tore his head off because he he said i don't know i get a bad vibe from shan and most of us are like yeah she's she's great she's such a likable person but he and then he texted me during this episode he's like i'm i'm happy to see that deshaun is picking up the same vibes that i am so uh shout out to london steve uh again on this and lynette you're again you're you're nodding your head here you 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 agree with that oh yeah i was giving her big eye rolls as i was watching her today because she sorry shan i'm sure you're a very pleasant person but you know i think her line today was oh i'm a pastor i have to go around talking to the people in my congregation listening to their needs saying okay i hear you oh you're a man oh i gotta listen to you and then in the end convince you to follow what i think yeah she did say that that is manipulation in its greatest form. And that is why she's doing so well in this game because she is a master at manipulation. And so I don't like that about her because I don't think, I know like that's part of the game, but that's not part of the game that I enjoy or like. And then, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of why I didn't like that. Yeah, I did start to have a thought in this episode of, we've seen Shan multiple times, butt heads with, with Ricard. They come through it on the other side usually. But now she's butting heads with Deshaun a lot more. Okay, who's the next person? And then who's the next person? And eventually that's got to come back against you because she is a big threat. She's played hard. She's made big moves. She's got advantages in her pockets, or at least an idol in her pocket, questionable on whether or not that advantage is hers or Ricard's. And I feel like we're going to find that out next episode based on the teaser. But She's all of a sudden gone from the first episode, so much fun. Like she just looked like she was going to be such a good character. And she is a great character. She's entertaining to watch on the show, which is, which is awesome. And she's but humming the songs and she's humming the song gets and all the cameos. That. I caught myself yeah. doing that earlier today. Weird. I don't know why, but we'll move that on. May have to edit this out. Remember, um, but we'll go from there. And now she's maybe overplayed a bit. And so I can see people catching on to this Deshaun catching on to that. And just in the back of his mind, maybe not all out target Shan right now because she has supporters on her side, but just plant that seed of she's not someone you want to go to the end with either because you're not going to agree with her or she's going to cut, cut your head off as you go, or simply because you just want to get her out of the game. And, um, is it that she's trying to be targeted? Yeah, you're, I agree. Is it, is, is she, just trying to do too much is it that she's actually a manipulator i mean you're right lena she did actually say that 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 line it's like boy that's pretty revealing actually about your intentions here and it's just interesting because she is she actually is a very kind likable person but it's interesting how that's kind of i don't know coming out because what i'm getting at is that typically you think someone's a jerk from day one right they're just like no one likes them and like stop trying to manipulate me but it's like she she actually probably is pretty kind and i think that's true and her story with her mom and her journey like that seems legitimate and genuine in the relationship she's building but she really is playing in in a kind of way that is starting to rub some people the wrong way and i think it's good on someone like deshaun who who challenges that and and i even i i mean that was actually a cool moment a human moment where he goes to her after he's like look like we gotta we gotta have better communication if we're gonna make this work, right? It's almost like they're in a relationship, <laughs> but just to say to her, you know, we said we'd be in an alliance, and but you're not you're not hearing me at all, like zero, right? And then at tribal council, it happens again, and he's like, you can tell he's just pissed off. He's like, okay, you're not getting what I'm saying, and and at some point, 
maybe it is time to cut off people like that. And they allude again, as was said, they allude to that for next week that he may be, he may be done with her because of those actions, right? It's amazing. And, and probably a growth piece, hopefully a growth piece for her as she's watching to be like, Oh, that's a, that's a pretty big flaw to do that. Um, yeah. Interesting to see where, where she will go. Yeah. I'd yeah. agree with you there, Andrew. It seems like she's bit off a little more than she could chew. It seems like she's juggling all of these relationships. She's trying to pull strings with everybody and it is implicating her in a lot of, or getting her in a lot of difficult situations. And that I think gives her a sense of control. Like we saw, I thought a really revealing moment was when it was, they were left with Jeannie and Jeannie was feeling all upset, was going to turn on them and not help them cook. And then she's like, well, he had this, the secret advantage. He didn't tell you, but I knew about it. And really she should have just, she had that information, but she wanted to make, to kind of not belittle Jeannie, but make Jeannie know that Shan had all the knowledge and Shan had the power and the control and she made the informed decision. And I think that we see that in all of these interactions as well, where she is obsessed, not obsessed is a strong word, but control is a very big element in it. Even with the food, she's controlling Ricard. She's controlling what people can and can't do. And it's manipulation. It's with Deshaun. And like we see her being kind to people. And, but in the end, it's not a kindness to, to come alongside and enable them to achieve their dreams. She's kind of using the goodwill she gets to achieve her own dreams. And I think that's where her strategy may collapse and that it's gonna be her that takes the fall rather than her kind of lifting somebody else up and then letting them take the fall, which Ricard is in a way doing with her where she's doing all of the dirty work. She's the, his closer, as he said. And maybe it's going to, I guess, come down to who turns on who first. But I think Shan's really exposing herself to a lot more than she can handle. A big part of her being nice is in this episode, we see her walk up to Nasir, tell him that they lobbed his name out. They're not going to vote for him, but they had to lob his name out. And it's like, is she doing too much? I, I would never tell some, I not, I can't say I would never, but it's not a good idea to tell someone that you've thrown out their name as like a decoy. The decoy gets, gets cut a couple of times and you don't want your name chucked out there for, for any sort of reason. Immediately that creates panic in Nasir, but that also leads us to one of my favorite confessionals. Another, another point for Xander here, Xander talks about his, his he coined it his betrayedar which is him yeah scoping out that there's a betrayal because he hears like we're voting for tiffany everyone wants to vote for tiffany okay now we want to vote for nasir and then someone else says someone different like heather and he just goes okay they, they keep switching are they really switching their target or are they just switching who they're telling me and who the secondary target is because there's some inner tor- turmoil in between them and he kind of that's a play out of tiffany's book tiffany did that to him where she went up to him, found the half truth and then exposed the real truth. And he's just, that's more of him thinking through and not going, okay, we didn't, we don't want to vote Tiffany out. We'll vote Nasir out. We don't want to vote him out. We'll just go along and try to stay alive. He's thinking about, no, if they're going to tell me all these people, it's probably me. 
and then finds out that Tiffany hasn't been told anything, which means that it's probably the two of them and they, they work that out. It's just him being a very like cerebral player and, and thinking about the game a lot, um, which I thought Sean a good light on him. It gives him the confidence that he has uh, a, a strong confidence in the game. He doesn't have to play his immunity idols. He's not worried about his name being written down, even though he's a huge threat out there, likable, physical, strategic player like kind of checks three boxes on people that you don't want to play survivor against and he's not getting his name written down at all yeah i mean that's why i like xander way more than shan and shan just one other thing about her um where she when i refer to manipulation she uses emotion all the time so i know we were kind of talking about emotion a little bit earlier and how we, you know people who are successful at this game control their emotions and so yeah i would agree with that because she uses like the sad face or like tears to to have somebody feel bad for her or even with the food situation she's like oh you can't do that you can't do that and just like then moping around camp trying to be like hey look at what he just did or like always crying when she's voting out people always telling people i love you as they leave excuse me do you know what love is you don't like the survivor is not about love no like and so i just again xander yeah, he did trick Liliana or Liliana, who we haven't even talked about today. Thank goodness, because I don't like her either. She actually, Shan just totally controls her. Like Lilian's the puppet. Shan's controlling the puppet. And Lilian, uh, yeah. So what was I saying that about? I don't know why I was talking about that, but just Shan manipulates everybody using emotion. And I think this so whole- it's saying I love you, you know, as they leave and yeah, I love you, giving them a hug, saying I'm going to write you once we're gone. No, um, but I think a whole actually theme at this season, which Josh, you kind of referred to about um, power, maybe you were talking about power or socioeconomic status when we're talking about the grilled cheese sandwich. I was going to bring this up before. Just the fact that, you know, because this season is so diverse and you you guys were all talking about this a few seasons or episodes ago, um, I think that's intentional. And I think like not having food. Yeah, all of this is really intentional, maybe to show like the differences in powers and statuses in the real world. And not that survivors at all like the real world, but that's um, demonstrating how that works. I don't know, this is not a fleshed out thought, but it's something I've been thinking about in terms of this season, all the power dynamics and not eating food and. Expand on that. I don't wanna, I feel like you're onto a thought there that you haven't quite fleshed it out. Is there? Okay. Okay. Oh, this is the episode where I really started thinking about this is when um, they showed like Danny and Deshaun and Liliana and Shan coming together and forming that alliance and saying, wouldn't it be amazing just us four at the end and just like booting out all the people of European descent or who look, you know, they aren't um, bio, oh, bio. B-I-P, people of color, right? And so I like almost started crying. I was like, oh, like, yeah, like that would be so awesome. I'm so, I'm like rooting for all of you. And I think thinking about it, again, it's not a super fleshed out thought, but something that maybe is happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it is, it, you know, you say it's not like the real world and it's not obviously those scenarios. John Wani said this last week, like obviously you wouldn't do these things to these the people in the same kind of way but but it also that's the great thing about survivors that season after season we do see jeff in particular but a lot of the players too pointing out that there are similarities here and who you are you know comes to the surface when 
there's pressure like the pressure cooker of that that, that exposes a lot of the hidden faults it, it does bring about conversations around diversity and bias and all these things and and i i think generally through the season survivor has has done that pretty well to at least engage that and obviously no one gets it perfect and there's even been some debate around this season we won't get into that tonight um you know at the start with the come on in guys stuff um just various opinions online about that but don't want to touch that one tonight but just to say i actually in general appreciate the the way that they do engage some of those conversations and, and that they do even just get you thinking about human dynamics and human interactions between people and again like lynette i know i harp on you with your how i wish you were more aggressive at the final tribal and even in here like talking about sharing your grilled cheese with people and not but it actually is interesting as you share then even seeing someone like shan who is similarly likable but kind of has that different bent of manipulation I can, I can it actually validates your point more of like your a perspective that you're saying again not that there's a one right way always to win this game but on a human level i think you might be onto something so maybe you can come back for an after uh to expand the thoughts of lynette on the after show but go ahead if you have more to say we got there's no need to rush it no, just because like when I think about Survivor, again, it goes back to me thinking you win based on your relationships, the people bringing you there, you win because the jury votes for you. Bottom line, yeah, we did everything we could to convince those people to vote for us, but in the end, the power was in their hands, which is amazing. That's why this is so cool, right? The power's in your hands and it gets swapped. But um, I think this is like a very Eurocentric game where the individual is super important and like that's what is focused on and concentrated on. Meanwhile, I love how Nasir, like I don't think he's going to win this season of Survivor, but I think he demonstrates a worldview that isn't super um, common in Survivor. Like I think we saw it in Ty and I think we see it. Wait, did I get his name right? Ty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Aubrey. And then I think I see it, we see it with him where he's like, yeah, I'm going to do what's best for the group. Yeah, I'm going to give up my spot and we're going to get rice. Yeah, I'm going to go hunt for, for, for food. I'm going to share it with everybody, right? No, I'm not going to throw a challenge. We all should work as hard as we can, right? He's like, he has like a heart, little heart of gold. He's super loyal. Yeah, he, I, he's not going to win. He's not going to win, unfortunately. Yeah, but um, I just think this game is made for, you know, Americans, made for, you know, it was it's originated in Europe, right? Then came to the States. And I think that's why we maybe love it so much is because we were raised and born in this culture. Hmm. Well, that really, for me, that brings up a thought I've had about power and, you know, you touched on that um, in that a lot of times we've seen that be a pitfall for previous alliances where they get so caught up in we're the power group that they, they blind themselves to people betraying them or, or working behind the scenes and then they lose their grip on power and slides and it's gone before they know it or it's too late and that's where I, I look back at even the four when it was a uh, was it genie jd shan and uh ricard and the shan and ricard had this like aura of we're in charge when really reality is it's two versus two JD has an extra vote. If he was smart there, he could have gone to genie and been like, I have this extra vote. Let's get rid of Shan and Ricard, like flip the table on them. But they, they just followed that path, a power pattern. And I think with 
with the tribe we see now. Maybe it'll change up in the next upcoming episode. It seems like like animosity is brewing against Shan and the some things are crumbling, but there is this this tendency to stick to the power that is there and and to not be able to see how you can kind of weaken yourself in order to take advantage of an emerging opportunity. And some of the best winners have been able to use an alliance to, to the end that the alliance can be used, discard it for a better one, and then even come back to it. They, they bounce back and forth. But like you said with Nasir, you need to kind of, there's an impersonal level there of, okay, we're here, we're helping each other and I'll help you as long as I can, but then when I don't need to anymore, I'll go somewhere else. But I would uh, argue the reason why that that didn't work was because Shan is a master manipulator. They weren't like, oh, we're, they didn't realize that they had power because she's so good at convincing, no, you don't. I'm the one in control or me and Ricardo right. are the one in control. Mm -hmm. Right, I just, my thought just came back to me. I was thinking about the, uh, sometimes I find in Survivor, it's a little un unfair or, shallow in the reasons people end up voting certain ways like in the i remember one of the confessionals they were like look at brad is so old-fashioned trying being like this person lost the challenge so they should be voted out um but then in the same vein you have those three girls uh, liana and shan and not sorry not shan liana and uh evie and tiff being like we're girls we'll stick together so there's no matter what Xander or Voce did, they're girls, they're going to kick them off. They could be the, they could do everything and, and sacrifice their bodies in the challenges and offer them the moon, offer them the idol, offer them the extra vote, like JD did with Shan. But because of this arbitrary affiliation, there's nothing they can do to enter that that circle and i'm not saying that that's there's some anything wrong with the women versus men but it seems like in survivor sometimes these these little connections like the the females or the males or um the the group of shan and danny and deshaun that hasn't come into play yet they're helping each other but sometimes these things are out of your control and no matter how hard somebody plays just these little links that connect people can be the difference that that end up casting the vote against your changing the tides of power um, and it actually has absolutely nothing to do with your gameplay it's just you don't fit with that group yeah i think it's i mean it's such a huge conversation this could be its own podcast right of josh even today you're, you're texting about other like articles related to these kind of big questions of our day and they're they're important conversations it's good that they're happening more even that the four of us here on a late wednesday night after survivor are talking and including this because it is you know even in a game you have um generational historic realities that in, like play into everything right and there is i think i said this to someone recently with um what was it? I, I'm, I, I'm losing the train of thought there, but just, just the idea that when people, when people suffer and there's a, there's a shared understanding of suffer, suffering or oppression, there is just kind of a, a unity there, right? There is like Steph pointed out, I think rightly so that the way, even in the black community that some individuals would talk to each other, even on the show, there, there's a, there's a way that they talk more of a bluntness um, 
those players to each other that just is a it's a cultural thing and, and there's a shared kind of bond over similar pasts and histories and although people are all themselves they're still the, the unique individuals I, I think i just think it's interesting just from a, a psychological level of just all these other realities you can't shake them is my point like we say like let's come with a clean slate and let's not do this but the reality is everyone has a bias we all have confirmation bias we all have our our upbringing our nurture and our nature and i think it's good to i think there's like two sides to this right there it is good to to recognize that and it's good to challenge that too josh like you said like that 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 those things wouldn't be repeated eventually but i can see the value i can see why it happens i can see the camaraderie that might come along to say let's be like a group of four um black men and women that go to the end the final four how amazing would that be but as you're getting at i think what you're alluding to is that like it would be unfortunate too if that if that kind of blinded them also from listening to the stories of other people too right and and that's the and then even lynette trying to tie in what you were saying i think just the the communal piece right the larger human perspective of like we're part of it's not just an individualistic like north american cultural reality it's like let's what what about a consideration of other people's stories what about pausing to listen and really like deshaun's asking shan to do like actually listen to me like give me a, a voice and show me that you're hearing my voice you know that's kind of what's happening in a larger scale in our culture today is that people are still fighting each other so much because people are saying you're not listening to me like and you're villainizing me and you're calling me this name on the left and the right and then the right and then the left and it's like what what would it take for people to sit down and have a grilled cheese or some rice together, you know, and actually talk as human beings. And, and even when you meet together, it's not wrong to say, look, I'm coming to this table with this reality, with this racial tension, with this, whatever it is, um, or these biases. It's not like, that's a part of your story. Like we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But to, my point here is this, like to sit down together face to face with people that maybe, otherwise are villainized or dehumanized in the media um, to listen to them. Right. And that's, what's cool about a show like survivor, although it's not perfect to bring such a diverse and different group of people. You do hope that over and above the gameplay, people actually sit on those long days on the beach and actually just tell stories to each other. And you hear on survivor at home, the podcast, or sorry, on survivorhome.com right now, um, season three, we had, um, a cameo video from Wendell Holland and he talks about when he was on the show with Donovan right and Donovan's this like um, uh, guy from from uh, Kentucky I think is it right and um, and just like he, and and Wendell just is like we're totally different people but I was encouraged and kind of prompted by production to take some time and just get to know him right and it's like where else would you find that right and and just even that push that's the that's i know they're doing it for production but just to encourage them sit down talk listen to someone who's different than you and hear their story i think i think it's i think that's the way forward <laughs> in a lot in, in our where our culture's at you know with the, even how divisive we our world still is on so many t topics sit down uh talk to each other and listen to what each other is saying and it's what makes something like this because survivor it, its ultimate test is that it's a social experiment you're taking uh is it 18 people yeah 18 people who don't know each other going in and are from 
all different walks of life in any season they've been from all different walks of life but in this season specifically more diverse plus being from different having all these different backgrounds and you just plop them together and okay go you've got to live life with these people with the dynamics of you're going to have to find reasons to vote people out and i think that's part of why you start to see those divisions albeit sometimes they can be either shallow or arbitrary or out of control but you've got at the end of the day justify a reason that you vote someone out and keep someone else and any line that can be drawn is what the contestants go for um and so you know we saw evie talk about drawing the line of you know seeing a lot of men winning and voting out women so we're going to work together um, and vote them out or to see the alliance of Deshaun, Danny, Shan, and Leanna be, I think, a groundbreaking alliance. We haven't seen an alliance of, they called it four people of color working together. We haven't seen an alliance like that. I can't think of one in Survivor where it's four people who are in a really good dominant position ready to work together. Uh, you see someone like Evie running the uh, um running the show a bit on her tribe. I know I just mentioned her a second ago, but she was running the show as well. Um, like you just, it, it's all over the map on, on the people that are out there. They have to find these lines, but at the same time, it is, it is really cool to see them from different walks of life working together um, and trying to build this, build this game and build their relationships out there. And then the last thing was, I found it interesting Deshaun calling out Shan, he did it multiple times. And then she, in the tribal council, I don't think she worded it the best, but saying, I have to work with people and speak with people the way that they need to hear me, right? And it is a good life lesson of everyone receives. I don't think she presented it right. And Deshaun kind of had an eye roll or a, or a look that gave you the impression that he didn't necessarily approve of what she was saying. But at the end of the day, you do have to, everyone takes feedback, everyone takes information differently. And her lesson that she's learning is how to, um, how to speak to people in a way that they'll, they'll hear you understand and they will feel heard. Um, and I thought that was a cool lesson from her. Uh, however, we'll see how it helped her out because Deshaun uh, was pretty frustrated a couple of times in this episode. Um, are we good? Can we move into Travel Council just, a little bit? Just on that, one more la thing, one last Josh. thing, sorry. I wanted to, the thought just struck me yeah, go as we're talking about those four was that they're all from different tribes. Like Deshaun and Danny are from the same, but it's Shan, it's Leanna, it's Deshaun and uh, Danny. They all, that's unheard of as well when you think about it from going from three separate beginnings and joining into that. And, and just on your point of everybody's different experiences and some, sometimes it can be divisive. But on the other hand, and Jeff Probst himself said one of the things that keeps him coming back to the show are these beautiful moments of humanity where people will look beyond differences or um, what people would expect them to do. And they come alongside and love these people in, in, their, in their vulnerability. Like we saw them come alongside Heather. We saw Evie have some some moments where she's like, I didn't expect to have this much support. And just the those human connections are so touching and beautiful to see in those that raw emotional environment of no sleep, no food, everybody like I can't imagine the paranoia of all this, the, 
possibilities and scenarios going through everybody's heads, but then to see that true beauty of relationships and humanity kind of coming through is a real, real bright spot and keeps me watching Survivor. I love seeing those human interactions and how people can step out of those what you those boxes we put them in Mm -hmm. yeah totally totally agree on that um we move into tribal i always like to make a comment on whether or not i had any feeling of what was going to happen in tribal they gave us nothing right like there was no plan at all everyone's shaking their head agreeing with me thank you there was no plan that was sought after there were a couple of ideas thrown around but we didn't really hear a, a plan um going into it and then Jeff starts talking. Shan says her comment about talking to people um, in a way that they feel like they're heard, talking with them, I guess, in a way they feel like they're heard. Sorry, and um, I just, when you were saying that before, it's funny that she says, I need to talk to people to make them feel like they're heard. That's not how you listen. You don't talk at somebody. So I think even her definition of saying, you need to talk to somebody to show them how you're listening, that's not how you listen. So I know you said that before. So sorry to interrupt, but there's a thought about, again, Shan. Oh, absolutely. It's great insight, honestly. It really is. Yeah. Um, Xander is willing to prove that he'd do something for, for anyone there. Um, Nasir uh, was talking about his his heart told him to step out of that challenge and, and do it for everyone else. And um, someone was talking earlier about him just having this this unique like provider um, aspect to the game that's that you don't see often. We'll see if it works out for him or not. Heather feels like she's on the bottom, which is a weird, like, really? You're kind of just hiding in the wind, the shadow. Also, right before they went to tribal, Heather had her, I think it was her first confessional, the first time where she was isolated on the camera. I had my, I was taking notes on a laptop and I just kind of threw my arms up like, we actually get to hear Heather's Your laptop actually froze voice. when you typed in Heather confessional, <laughs> like, error, like, does not recognize. I just started H-E-A and my yeah. laptop said, what's this word? What's this going to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we got to hear from her and then she's speaking at tribal and Jeff is wondering like, what am I missing here? Danny talks about the Yasa group and then Jeff slowly, this is, this is the greatest slowly goes. Okay. And in, in this kind of cadence, we will now vote. I don't know what the words are. They says, I can't remember now it's time to vote says them really slow. And Heather's like, cool. Can I talk to someone? Uh, oh, wait, wait. And does, and now all of a sudden, the only thing I saw was she said to Tiffany, do you trust me? Yes. Okay, trust me. Here we go. What? What? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? What? What's going to happen? Like, Heather, you're, you're going to get yourself voted out here. Um, and then again, it all, <laughs> it all breaks loose. What is going on? Heather strikes up chaos, basically. Um, live tribal is back. What do you guys think about live tribal? I can't stand Gosh, it. You can't stand it. Okay. It bothers me. It's like, I don't know. It's like scraping a chalkboard. Are you saying that you're bothered by like, you can feel the players like frustration that they've discussed something that's being rehashed or, or as a fan, you don't enjoy just seeing those additional I mean, it's, conversations. It's like, uh, it's painful to watch. You're like, oh, wow, this is, it's so awkward. And you can see the divide, like how many times have it, has it been like, these are the divisions. And 
Isn't that good just, though, Josh? Doesn't that show like, doesn't that give us a, a a more clear picture of where the lines are drawn? Yeah, it's entertaining. I think it's more of just the stress coming through the screen to me where I'm, I'm like, oh my word, that, because normally it's so polished. In previous Survivors, they don't have those live tribals. It's all rehearsed almost. And not, not that it's rehearsed, but you know, they've, everybody's locked in. They know they've, Mm -hmm. dotted their cross their t's dotted their eyes and so it is keeps it very uh exciting i think it's more just the the like i'm putting myself in their shoes and just really feeling the pain of that that would be so disorienting thinking you have it all lined up and then to have it all thrown up in the air people are overhearing things i don't know it's just yeah that's what i think just maybe OCD or something like that. No, and they do. You're right though. The players even are like, Oh no, like, no, don't, don't say that. Like, don't, you know, they're getting thrown off too. But what do you think Lynette about these live tribals? Cause this, this has come out quite a bit in our podcast. I mean, yeah, it makes for great TV. So way to go survivor production, way to go Jeff Probst for allowing it. Uh, but I do side with you. If I was playing that game and there was a live tribal, I would be like, stop it. Stop talking. Stop. We have a plan. Let's just stay calm. You make it through when you stay calm, you stick to the plan that you have. If you know what's happening, right? It's the people who don't know that's happening. That's trying to stir up all the stir it up. Um, and try to make, you know, their way through the game. And so I guess if I was on the bottom, maybe I would create a live tribal but i don't like them and if i knew it was happening i'd be like stop talking stop talking nope we're going with the plan but it makes this, for great TV. yeah it makes it makes for fun tv this yeah. was the first time where i was actually not a fan not, truly not a fan of a live tribal last week i liked it because xander foiled the plan and and didn't give his idol or liana didn't take his idol from him so then everyone had to scramble and figure out what they were going to do i got it i understood it i was like oh this is fun here we go. Let's go with it. This week, it just felt like, oh, there's no plan going in and no one wants, no one's on the same page. So we're just going to make it up as we go here. Um, and I didn't like that as much because I'd rather know a plan, an idea of a plan going ahead and go, oh, are they going to make this choice or are they going to make that choice? And not, we're just going to throw votes out, throw spaghetti at the wall and someone it's going to stick to someone and they're going to get voted out. That's what it felt like in this episode. And I think that disorganization is maybe it reflects what was actually happening out there. But I also feel like as we read out who actually voted for who, I don't think people changed because Ricard, Shan, Erica, Leanna, Deshaun, and Heather all voted for Tiffany. They said they were going to split votes. They all voted for Tiffany. Nasir and Danny voted for Xander. So someone switched off of that because I think more people were going to vote for Xander on the on the um, the split. Xander voted for Nasir. He was the only one that did it. Um, uh, he was the only one that voted for Nasir. So he was left out of the loop on what he was supposed to do. And Evie and Tiffany then flipped their vote to Heather when Heather told Tiffany to trust her. They flipped her vote to Heather, which is what it seemed like everyone was saying. So basically what I'm getting at is the majority, the majority of this tribe, who are clearly the majority, came in with a plan to split votes on Xander and Tiffany. Heather tried to get people on her side, instead picked up two votes that she wasn't going to get, and no one in her alliance voted for um, Nasir, who was her target. 
Yeah. So they didn't they didn't leave their plan. Even Heather voted for Tiffany. So nothing left her plan. So nothing, nothing happened in this so live hard. carnival. Yeah, nothing. You're right. I, I don't want to be rude. I could be wrong. I, I, it seemed to me like Heather, who has not done much or not really in it, she is kind of at the bottom in that sense, tried to just make a move to do something. But it was kind of like this awkward thing of like, you're not really, your voice isn't really heard much here. And so it, and was, like it to, was a bit odd. Yeah. To Sean's response to her that they showed, he's like, I hear what you're saying, but I haven't had time to think about this. Yeah, you're right. That was that was such a good moment in the heat of things to say that answer. Yeah, I would yeah. never think of that. I'd panic. <laughs> I I that just was, thought a good observation. Everything leading up to this, like so Heather gets highlighted in the challenge because she came second. It was only a four-minute challenge, but she came second in the challenge. Then she's starting to try and make moves, has a confessional, then tries to make moves in tribal. It felt to me like it was just here's Heather. By Heather is what I thought was going to happen. I thought she was just going to get voted out in that moment. And here she is. You saw her. Everyone's been saying, everyone's noticed that we haven't heard from her at all. Didn't know what her voice sounds like. Didn't know her accent, anything like that. And then, okay, see it. She's voted out and she didn't get voted out, which is a bit of a surprise actually to myself, but that's just what the, the kind of story arc of this episode, at least the back half of it felt like was going to, was going to happen. It was a weird combo of, of finally you see from her. But not, she didn't. Not, still, nothing happened. It's too little, too late, really. It's like, too little, too late. She she yeah. hasn't shown up, and it's just just it is what it is. But one thing that was cool that came out of the live tribal, I think a pretty defining moment was again Shan and Deshawn, and Deshawn coming over and sh again Shan in her, in the emotion of it, of the manipulation of it, whatever you want to call it, she basically does the exact same thing that he had approached her about in a really good fashion before to say you can't do this this is not how an alliance works how a friendship works you gotta com communicate you gotta like i need to know that my voice is being heard and in that moment she's taking the charge with that that on its own is okay it's not wrong to someone to take the leadership vote but she's not she's not a collaborator she's not being like guys okay what do you think here she just is saying this is what i can do and deshaun is like i'm done and he sits down and then shan even kind of panic reacts to that both first to him and then to the law. She makes a comment kind of to everyone of like, he's not on board. Like she, she's, it's a panic reaction. She, she, she's shooting herself, shooting herself in the foot big time. I think, I mean, this, this could be the beginning of the end for Shan's game, unless she does some major like humble, eat some humble pie and really, you know, let people actually have a voice. But maybe as you guys have brought up a few times tonight, maybe that's just not in her nature and it might not happen. Oh, she'll try her best to convince you it's in her nature, because even at the tribal council, she she was the one cast in the bad light by Deshaun, because I think Deshaun just called her out like, hey, like, stop doing this. He's the one who sees her for what she's trying to do. And then she's like, goes up to him, begs to him. And then he's like, not convinced. She's like, oh, guys, he doesn't want to play. He like mm -hmm. she like throws him under the bus, trying to cast him in the negative light, opposed to her being cast in the negative light. And so, again, I think. Maybe she was successful. I think maybe still some people are under her spell. But, well, yeah, I think next episode, like you said, maybe she'll eat humble pie or be get in her torch. Um, We've seen with her as well, and we, we all experience this in life, right, where we have a chance to kind of not, I don't want to say win people over, but to curry favor or to give a good impression, to take the take the higher road and 
like for instance, bringing up her exchange with Ricard over the extra vote, where he's like, if you had to just come to me and been like, hey, like, do you mind giving me the vote back? Or um, then maybe he would have done it and it would have been fine. No harm, no foul. But the way she controlled, manipulated, attached all this extra weight to it, made him feel little and powerless. Then she's backtracking, having to apologize, make it not as big a deal as she made it, trying to cover it up. She's already done the damage. And she did that with JD as well. And she's done that with Deshaun in that she's she has a chance to to mend those bridges or to get her point across in a humble way, but she's tripping over herself and actually making it worse in trying to exert her influence. And you can't recover from that. Like once you're caught in those, those things as, as, as kind as she'll try and be to those people, they have those, those cuts in the back of their mind, I think. Absolutely. Well, I think we're just about done here. We've covered a lot of ground, um, but of course we have to mention the actual vote going to Tiffany. Um, I, I, I still am a bit confused. Like I don't, and she was confused too after, like it, it seemed a bit odd. Is that just me? Like, did you guys, did, did it make, make sense to you when you saw her vote voted out or were you confused like I was? Did she make a comment on her way out at something about like, it's the easy vote um to take her out because it really it really was if you wanted to make a big move you go after xander and nasir both have immunity idols both seem yeah, why do you not flush an idol there weren't. yeah how are you not really flushing an idol and even well, again, ricard actually, tried hard ricard tried hard that's what i was going to get to is he tried hard to get xander to play his idol and xander has this like good confidence of i don't need to play it right now he risks risked it last week for Evie and, and got saved by a singular vote, but, um, but he's got this confidence inside of him. I don't, I don't need to play it. I'm trusting where I'm at in this game right now. And yeah. How are you not trying to flush one or both idols um, out of those guys? But at the same time, if you try to flush an idol and someone plays it, then you're a couple of votes away from being voted out. So it's like these interesting dynamics on how things are going to go, but they didn't go after any idols and they go after Tiffany after being from zero to hero and then back to zero becomes the easy vote after she was kind of not public enemy number one that's a bad phrase to use um she was just kind of like the the drag along a little bit and then all of a sudden it's like oh she's doing well she's making these big moves we talked to we highlighted her in an episode using her professional skills in survivor was strategizing was looking good and then oh you're the easy vote to to knock out um it just an interesting dynamic um, on Tiffany's part. Uh, I think she should be proud of her game, game, truly, from where she was at the yeah. start to what she did and just the, the self-confidence. Again, we've alluded to this, of how it's cool to see people grow in this game, unless you're Heather, um, where you uh, do... Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. I, I could see Tiffany coming back on a future season. Sure. Right? I mean, there's probably a couple people I could, but she's someone who the confidence she gained um from this the character she was she's likable she's a good character on tv people are interested in seeing mm-hmm. her she makes conversation every single episode on a podcast like ours or just with friends 
Um, she's someone I could see as being a candidate to be back. Definitely on. There's a lot of these guys that could her be eye rolling with uh, Xander. Her eye rolling was legendary. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all of that. Right. It's just like she's she's a character that that definitely Survivor would be better for having back on another season. Absolutely. Um, guys, winners round table. Josh, champion of season one, Survivor at home. Jordan, champion of season season two, Survivor at home. It's getting late. Lynette, uh, champion of season three, Survivor at home. Before we go, I do have to ask, who here will play again, maybe even season four, if you want to disclose that? And you don't have to. We don't always tell people who applies. But are you guys interested in playing another season after having been champions and for Josh and Jordan, you even tried a second time and it didn't work out so well. Actually, Jordan did really good, I thought, for coming back as the champion. I cannot believe they didn't vote him out like right away in his own tribe. But um, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It will to be determined. I see I have I got a letter in the mail today by from Survivor at Home production um, that invited me to apply so i have until december 1st so everybody out there if you do want to apply for this game it is a ton of fun it you're going to make friends that you people you've never met before or enemies and um, potentially you could win survivor at home so i'm not sure jeff i'm not sure if i'm going to be joining you awesome. for me, uh for me andrew um it's hard it's one of those things where you having been through it you're like, I don't know if I have it in me to do it again. Like it takes a lot out of you. And so to know what it takes to go all the way, I have that kind of fear in my mind. Like I can't, I don't, it's not possible to actually, you can't, obviously you can't repeat it, but then uh, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. But at the same time, I, I did back to back, right? Season one, season two with my wife. Um, and then I ended up taking season three off to get a little perspective. And um, John Wani is actually a really good friend of mine. And just hearing the whole stories of just from his perspective on the game, it ate me up. I was like, I wanted to be that even just to be a fly on the wall, watch the jury or anything like um, it made me, it, it brought that hunger back. So I think uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance, I, I'm going to throw my hat in uh, season four. Wow. There it is. Oh, wow. wow. The biggest okay. teaser, the biggest teaser for season four is the potential of a champion coming back. I, we've talked about this. I think this comes up a lot of episodes. I have no idea um, on, on my standing on it yet. Maybe I'll have an idea by the end of uh, the end of this season of the podcast. And I'll have a couple more episodes to explain that as I think that out, but I have no idea. It was tough. It's tough to come back as a winner because you know the inevitability is people are going to target you hardcore and you've got to feel like you play extra hard. And then in my opinion, I was the reason why I got voted out, not because I was a winner, but because I made a couple of bad choices along the way and, and got voted out. And that stings more because you're like, how far could I have actually gone knowing that I've won and people are just going to want to target me and all these new players that were playing for the first time, like Lynette and a few others thought that all the returning players were working together. So they targeted us all. And it just, it created a whole, we covered that a couple of weeks ago as well um, on the podcast, but uh, it created a whole dynamic and um, it's, it's hard to come back. It's fun. It's cool. 
I don't have an answer on what I'm going to be doing on uh, on season four of Survivor at Home. Very cool. Yeah. When, when are you going to show who's on the cast there, Andrew? Well, so uh, applications closed um, December 21st, actually. You said the first. It's December oh, 21st, yes, uh, which right. is one month before the January 21st and 22nd weekend. Um, so it, after that weekend is when uh, there'll be some more information released. But yeah, we do keep it close to our chest. Really excited to be hosting this upcoming season with my sister Katie who played the first three seasons we got some really cool twists and things already we, we met this week and as we're talking both of us were like this is going to be a good moment in the season so uh, some good stuff coming uh, for season four some amazing stuff coming up at for the end of Survivor 41 it feels like there's still a lot of weeks left and yet there's not that much time left in this calendar year so it's going to be a crazy few weeks of uh, the real show survivor really excited to to continue this podcast but uh tonight again a huge shout out to uh, jordan obviously co-hosting each week and, and one of the champions lynette and josh thank you guys for doing this if you're listening at home please make sure to like to share this with your friends um everyone uh, spread the word about survivor at home survivorhome.com and we will see you guys next week for episode I don't even know what it is. Ten, nine, nine next week. Episode number nine. Uh, this has been the Survivor at Home podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.